Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of The Daily Churn. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. There's been a few requests over the last couple months for a guide to how I go about tracking and organizing all these offers that I tackle. So I'm going to walk you guys through my tracking spreadsheet for credit cards as well as share it with you guys. Especially if you're new to churning, this can be a pretty nice starting template for you to use. And if you're more experienced and you've been churning for a while, I'm sure you have your own tracking system, but maybe this can help improve that or tame the uh, the beast that is a spreadsheet that tends to grow over over a decade. And so we'll start with just the credit card spreadsheet that I've been using for the last 10 years that I've sort of refined and, and changed. And it's been working pretty well. And in the future, if there's interest, I could share the bank one or the lean fire one. Those are definitely more unwieldy. I've been doing them for less time. And the newbie mistake, I think, with a lot of these spreadsheets is to go overboard with the ton of columns that you're trying to put in a lot of data in. And the more things you require of yourself to fill out, the less likely you're going to fill it out. And so those are a work in progress that I'm going to cull, but I'm pretty happy with the credit card one. So we'll start with that. And out of the things you can track, I would say credit cards are probably the most important one. If you're going to track anything, it should definitely be your credit cards because you got to monitor when you open the card so that you know when you need to meet your spend bonus buy, and then when you need to cancel or downgrade the card buy. And mistakes here are particularly costly. I'm sure we've all experienced missing a bonus or missing a credit card payment, which is really the worst thing you can do. So with good management while churning a lot of cards, you can keep all of that in check and still maintain a great credit score. For example, my wife and I are now in the 800s, and that's purely as a result of churning. Prior to doing all of this credit card stuff, I used to be in, I think, the six, maybe low 700s. So it's been really good for us, but it can only happen if you have a good system to sort of manage all of this. If you want to follow along, you can find the Google Sheet that I've been using on the dailychurnpodcast.com. You can just open that and make a copy for yourself. I left a couple years worth of data in that sheet to kind of give you a sense of, of how to use it. So hopefully that's helpful too. And no worries if you're driving or not at a computer. I'll be going through everything on kind of a, a high level and you can always circle back to the spreadsheet later. Before I dive in, I just want to preface this by saying that the spreadsheets aren't like a mind-blowing work of Google Sheet art. You know, they're, they're very basic and anyone can go make them. So you can definitely just go make your own. These just happen to be the columns and the things that I've been putting in over the years that have worked well for me and have kept me going back to use this spreadsheet because that is the single most important thing with these spreadsheets is that you go back and check them consistently a couple times a month. I do it on the first of the month and the 15th of the month. So it needs to be fast and it needs to be simple to the point where you can fill it out very quickly and it doesn't feel like a chore. So this one served me well over the last decade and yeah, let's dive in. So three fairly unexciting but useful columns on the left that I would recommend definitely having in your spreadsheet is just who the card was open for, the type of card, business or personal, and what bank it was, Chase, Amex, City, etc. That way you can really quickly filter and scan through your list if you ever need to find or count the number of cards you have. Then the rest of the columns, I would say they're all pretty important. There's, there's really no fluff in the spreadsheet, but the two columns that I check the most are the status columns and the due date columns. 
Now, the statuses that I use are, again, pretty simple. It's cancel, downgrade, or keep. And the due date tells you when you need to cancel or downgrade the card by. I always set the cancel or downgrade date to the 1st or 15th of the month so that I only need to check the spreadsheet twice a month. But you can really use any date as long as it's within that 30-day window after your annual fee hits so that if you need to cancel or downgrade, they'll refund your annual fee. Sometimes I do have to bump this date back once the date rolls around because the annual fee, depending on the card issuer, doesn't always get issued on exactly a year from when you open the card. Sometimes they wait a few weeks, they wait till the next cycle, or they wait till the beginning of the next month. So just keep an eye out for that as you're using the sheet. Most importantly, though, you probably want to make sure that you don't cancel the card before the annual fee hits, because depending, again, on the card issuer, sometimes that makes you liable to have the bonus clawed back because they want you to have the card open for a full year. But, you know, as long as you're checking back on the 1st and the 15th or just at least I'd say twice a month to look at your spreadsheet, then you should be good to go. And I use Google Keep to set a automated reminder on the 1st and 15th of the month for me to go and look at the spreadsheet. You can use Apple Reminders or anything else really, but one issue with Apple Reminders is it's only on Apple. And I've definitely, over the last 10 years, had a change of phones where I moved from Apple to a Pixel. And that really messed up my reminder game and I almost missed a few uh, things on my tracking sheets. So Google Keep you can use across both Android and iPhones. So something to keep in mind. But yeah, that due date is the column that I check and it can either mean cancel or downgrade depending on what's in the status column. And I generally tend to downgrade my cards to no fee cards whenever possible if it's a personal card because that helps keep your average age of accounts high on your credit report, which is something that helps boost your credit score. So if there's no need to cancel it, like you're not going to pay an annual fee, if there's a way you can downgrade it to one of these no fee cards, that's definitely the preferred approach. But when downgrading is not an option and it's not a card that I want to keep and pay the annual fee for, then I will just cancel it. And for business cards, you can cancel those anytime because those don't go on your personal credit report anyway. So they're not really boosting your credit score. So you would only keep those if they're free and you're seeing some benefit out of them. So for example, on my spreadsheet, you'll see that I've got a couple Chase Inc. caches open and those are no annual fees. They're business cards. I was thinking about canceling them, but I figured I'd just keep them because you do get 5% at office supply stores, which sometimes comes in handy for doing gift cards. Moving on to some of the other columns, there's a open date column, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's useful for calculating when the due date needs to be and for calculating when you need to meet the spend by. Plus, if you ever need to quickly figure out if you're under Chase's 524 rule or when you will be under 524, that column is great for that kind of filtering. And just a side note, if you ever want to verify your 524 status, I use Credit Karma, which is totally free. And it will show you, I think, your Equifax and TransUnion reports. And you can just go in and, and count the open dates. Kind of tedious, but at least that way you'll know for sure what Chase and other banks are looking at. Then there's a couple newer columns that I added over the last few years due to some mistakes that I'd made, which is the auto pay column and the bonus column. You can probably guess what mistake led to the auto pay column, which is that when you're opening like 10, 20 new cards in a year and you forget to set up auto pay, 
I distinctly remember a conversation with my wife where she's like, I got a late payment reminder from like Bank of America. Did you not set up auto pay for this? And of course I, I hadn't. Luckily all credit cards give you this 30 day grace period between when they send that late payment notice email to you and when they actually report that late payment to the credit bureau. So thankfully it didn't hurt her credit score, but that would have been devastating if it did. So super important that you check your auto pays and this column kind of just forces you to make sure that you have auto pay set up. Similar kind of reasoning for the bonus column, which is when you're churning a lot of credit cards, you sort of start to lose track of what's posted and what's pending and what's spend on what card you've still got to meet. So this just kind of keeps you accountable. And every time you look at the sheet, you know what's out there, what isn't and whether you need to follow up. Finally, there's a column called notes where I put in everything that doesn't fit into the other columns. So sometimes I'll put in the amount I need to spend or a due date or retention offer that I was given. Just really anything that doesn't fit well in any other spot. You could totally separate some of those things into their own column. But for me, having it just be this flexible column works better because that way you're not obligated to be filling out a whole bunch of columns every time you check the spreadsheet or every time you add a new card. Because again, I would just caution against making too many columns. I've definitely gone that route before and I've tried it both ways. And the more columns you have, the more mental load it is and the less likely you are to fill it out. So having a sort of flexible column, in my opinion, is better than having five super specific columns. But, you know, everyone's different and the spreadsheets out there, you can customize it to your heart's content. And yeah, hopefully it's something that works well for you guys and helps keep you organized. So if you guys find this sheet useful, definitely happy to share my Google sheet that I use for bank bonuses and other miscellaneous offers like swag bucks and uh, brokerages, etc. It just requires me to go in and clean it up a bit because I've noticed since I started that sheet, which was about a year ago, I'm not checking it nearly as much as the credit card one, even though I have due dates going off in there. So I think the reason why is because that sheet has so many columns. I try to incorporate all the things about a bank bonus, you know, when the bonus was deposited, how much I funded it, what the account closure fee might be. Is there an early termination fee? Do they send out a 1099 MISC? Way too much stuff in hindsight. So I will be cleaning that up for myself. And if there's interest, I can do another episode and, and share it with you guys here as well. Same with my Lean Fire spreadsheet. That one I'm honestly scared to open most of the days because it's so heavy because it is very calculation heavy. With Lean Fire, you're trying to figure out how much do you have left in these buckets versus those buckets, how much inflation is, and you adjust it based on the market growth and rate of return and all this stuff. And it like slows my computer down sometimes, but it has all the numbers that we use that we're currently following to do Lean Fire. So it's useful in that sense. I don't even think necessarily my wife knows how to read that spreadsheet. Like I may be the only person who understands it. But again, if there's interest, um, happy to share it and probably a good exercise for me anyway to clean that thing up. Otherwise, I will uh, end it here. Bit of a shorter episode this week. I will be at the Miraville over Thanksgiving on their buy one, get one free award night offer that Hyatt was running. It's actually one of our favorite Hyatt hotels. So the next episode, I think, will be a recap. And um, yeah, maybe I'll squeeze in a little review of the Miraville as well. 
You can find this spreadsheet that we talked about today on the dailychurnpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the newsletter so that this will get delivered to your inbox every couple weeks. There's no spam and it's totally free to join and you'll be the first to know when an episode drops. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you all have a good Thanksgiving break and I will catch you all in a couple weeks. See ya.